Welcome to another Books and Culture podcast with Books and Culture's editor, John Wilson. I'm Stan Guthrie, and today, John, will be talking about the November-December issue, so it's a preview, and as usual, you've got lots of fascinating things, and I'll let you tell us about the cover in a minute, which is priceless, but the first thing is I'm looking at the table of contents that really caught my eye was the article, Oh, Good Grief. The Complete Peanuts, an article by Sarah Hinlicky Wilson. And I've got to tell you, that immediately has brought back memories to me of when I was six years old. I was in the hospital because I was undergoing surgery. I have a condition called cerebral palsy, which kept me either in a wheelchair or using crutches to get around. And this operation actually led to my ability to walk unaided. The thing that I remember about peanuts in this regard, I mean, this is like free association here, but I remember when I was sort of convalescing in that hospital after the surgery, my mom and dad brought me a box set of peanuts, and I loved those things, and I just read them from cover to cover over and over, and I kept that set for years. So I love Charles Schultz. I love peanuts. That was just a treasured memory in my childhood. I'm really interested to hear what you're going to say about peanuts and about this article by Sarah. Stan, I'm so glad you told me that story because even though we've known each other for many years, I've never heard that story before. And I'm glad you singled out this article also because I actually mentioned it in a little note that I have to our readers on the letters page because this issue might have been the last issue of, of Books and Culture. <laughs> That's right. Some people who are listening to this podcast are well aware that we had a fundraising drive and we came down right to the wire, but we received the funding we need for 2014 and we've made a good start on pledges for the next four years after that. So it's something much to be celebrated. But in this little note to our readers saying thank you, I mentioned Sarah's article and the fact that she started writing for us clear back when she was in seminary and has written a number of pieces Mm. since then on a wonderful range of subjects. So I'll be very glad to hear back from you once you've had a chance to read that piece. Well, tell us about the cover. Well, the cover, which you and I can see and our readers will be seeing soon, is a wonderful creation by Jennifer McGuire. I think it's going to be one of our most popular covers ever. (laughs) I think you're right. Jennifer has imagined a cereal called B&C, like instead of Rice Krispies and Cocoa Puffs, it's B&C, and so she's created an image of a cereal box on the cover. It's very bright. You see up there, zero filler, zero fluff, (laughs) zero sugar. You get 125% of your daily value of Bible in this issue, 135% of history, 136% of theology, and 155% of lit. And there are other, there's a list of the ingredients. I especially love it. She lists ingredients like a global church history, the cult of sweeping competence, and so on. And then down below it says other ingredients, Mark Knoll, Sarah Rudin, <laughs> Robert Gundry, Alan Jacobs, Susan Schreiner, Tyler Wig Stevenson, 
and Sarah Hinlicky Wilson. So, is it gluten free, John? That's what I want to know. <laughs> well, I hope so because my daughter needs gluten free. So, okay, okay. Well, sometime we have to get Jennifer into the studio and ask her where she comes up. With Actually, this stuff. I think that's a great idea for a podcast, and I'm going to ask her if she'd be willing to do that because working with her for many years now has just been a tremendous delight. What else is in this issue? Well, I mentioned global church history, and there's a wonderful essay review by Mark Knoll of two books which are complementary. They're different kinds of books. One is the second volume in a three-volume church history, and it is a project that drew on a large team. Even though it's written by two individuals, they drew on a large team of researchers. And then the other book is a classic single author book by David Hempton, a terrific historian who's written often for books and culture and is now at Harvard. He's an excellent historian, and he's writing about the church in the long 18th century. And what Mark emphasizes is that both these books, while they include some familiar settings and figures and themes, they also look much more widely at what was happening globally with the mm. church. So it's very energizing to see how this story is being retold in a fresh way. Well, that's great since we're becoming so much more aware of the global church now anyway. Yeah. Another thing that will stand out for a lot of readers is Bob Gundry's review of the book Zealot, which... Oh, good. Most of our readers will have heard about. Some of them will have actually read the book. Some of them will have followed the controversy about it. And as always, Bob's piece is both extremely well-informed and also witty. Now, Andy Crouch has a new book out that's getting lots of press and notoriety, and you have a review as well. Yes, that book, of all the books I've read so far this year, Andy's book playing God, redeeming the gift of power, is one of those that's made the deepest impression on me. And I was delighted to get the writer Tyler Wig Stevenson, who we did a podcast on a few months ago, and I had wanted to see him in the pages of Books and Culture, and he reviews Andy's book in this issue. Here's another good one, from No Apologies by Alan Jacobs. Yes, Alan Jacobs reviewing a fascinating book by Francis Buffert, who's a British writer. He's one of my favorite contemporary British writers. He is completely unpredictable. You don't know what the subject of his next book is going to be. He has a sharp, but sometimes caustic wit. But as the title implies, this is a somewhat unusual exercise in apologetics that is not framed the way that apologetics usually are. And so unapologetic in the sense that he is approaching that task in a different spirit. And also, as he said, because he isn't really sorry <laughs> that he's <laughs> defending the faith. And Alan's review is terrific. I also want to make mention of the piece that is featured on the top banner on the cover, Leslie Leland Fields, Are Christian Mothers Human? That actually grew out of an exchange that Leslie and I had on Twitter. And I said, well, it sounds like you have both strong passions about this and you've thought a lot about it. And would you like to write a piece? She's written for us before, of course. I've mentioned to you 
on several occasions we've talked about how much I value Twitter in many different ways. And here was a case where a conversation that started there has ended up with a piece that I think many of our readers will be interested in. What about the review by David Neff, Jurassic Evangelicalism? (laughs) That was David's title. I wish I could take credit for that title. He is reviewing a book that you and I also talked about, Greg Thornberry's Recovering Classic Evangelicalism that's focused on Carl Henry and some other related figures. Given David's role in contemporary evangelicalism, not only as the longtime editor of CT Magazine, but as someone who crossed so many boundaries in the evangelical world, I think having him weigh in on this is great. What about this one? Why Intellectual History Matters? That is a wonderful interview with the historian Susan Schreiner. It's a very refreshing interview. And then it also includes a short look at the span of her work. Anything else you'd like to throw out as a sort of an appetizer for readers? Actually, there's not a piece in the issue that I don't (laughs) think is really good. I think every issue is very tasty. This issue seems to me to be particularly rich, and I'll look forward to hearing from our readers about what they like and what they don't like. All right. That's the November-December issue of Books and Culture, coming to a newsstand soon. (laughs) Thanks, Dan. Thank you.